This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host Nate Thomas, Michael Winstead. <laughs> no Andy tonight. It's farming season. He's farming. You know, he's gotta he's gotta make sure everybody in the in the world can eat. So <laughs> I think he said they He's doing talk to part. him this morning. They're probably I, getting close to being done corner. I butt dialed him for four minutes, left him a four minute voicemail this morning. Oh nice. Yeah. With your ass. I don't know how. It was in my, <laughs> my pocket and my shorts and I called him, my mother-in-law, all kinds of people, apparently. And uh, I think he said they might get done today or something like that, so with corn. Right. I mean, and they got beans, so. Yeah, but I wouldn't think beans would be for a little while, depending on when they got Yeah, I think in. they'll have like a week, maybe. A few weeks. Yeah, something like that, but. Yeah. So, we're recording this September 28th. It'll come out a week from today. Uh, we both hunted a little bit this year. I've hunted twice. So far. I think I'm on three. Really mad at my first decision. Which, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's hilarious. Do we want to talk about that? Let, we, let us talk, let about, us talk about it. We both had a rough year already. Yeah. Yeah. So, when was this? Do you remember? No. Last week? <laughs> Last Tuesday. That's right. Last Tuesday we had a little cold spell. Oh, that's right, because yeah. you hunted and I didn't. Yeah, yeah, it was like our first cold front. It yeah. got into the 70s or whatnot. Quote, unquote. Yeah, quote, unquote. But my main farm that I got, I was like, it was, it was a northern wind. And I was like, I don't like that wind for where I wanted to go. I just, I don't think it would have worked out. So I decided to go to another farm that I haven't touched all season haven't been there at all all year you know i just i leave it alone it's not really a i don't think it's a great spot the landowner does everything he can to keep the deer out of his yard which so i don't think it's helping me any (laughs) you know as far as that goes it's pretty much just a hill with a bunch of oak trees on it so i'm sure they go through there i just don't think it's a well-traveled area uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go up there. I can get my rocks off, do some hunting. So I'm up there and I didn't see a dang thing. And, and I'm like, man, something I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what's going on at my other spot. And of course we got our cutty backs and I think, I don't know. It was like seven twenty, I believe still legal shooting light. I had uh pretty dang decent deer walk right underneath my stand that I would have hunted out if I would have went to my main farm. So 
these cell phones or cell phone cameras say, are I, awesome and they are terrible at the same thing. This is the first time you and I have ever had cell cams. Right. And you had that happen Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And around the same time you had that shit going on, I also had shit going on. Yeah. With the deer I'm after, one of the deer I'm after. I'm not after it like one deer, but I guess if like I got to choose the one I was going to kill this year, this would be the one. Is it? A, it's a positive thing, I guess, that I I knew about this, but it was also uh, God was. It's almost like torturous. It really is. It, it's it's almost like torture. So I th- I don't remember. I think the Sunday before last Tuesday, like maybe, I don't remember what day opening day was. What day was the 15th? I think it was on a Wednesday. So I think that Sunday. Could be wrong. I'm just going to look at my damn thing here. Yeah, that was a Wednesday. That Sunday at like 6.30 in the evening, I get a photo of him on our property Mm -hmm. before dark. And I'm like, huh, interesting. Didn't think a whole lot of it. And then two days later, that Tuesday, you were hunting. Yeah. I was at my daughter's game, 5.30 in the evening. <laughs> there again. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. He is daylighting on the place I hunt. Yeah. I got to hunt. Right. He's there. I couldn't hunt Tuesday. So is what it was. You know, that, that's two out of the last three days from that. You know, he was there Sunday, not Monday, then there Tuesday. So I go Wednesday. I had a little bit of time Wednesday. I went. Actually, I think I recorded a podcast Wednesday night. Yeah. And pushed it back so I could hunt. Didn't show up. Thursday, my daughter had a, another volleyball game. He shows up. Shows up. Of course. Six, six thirty at night again. That's the way it's going to work. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So then I went Friday. Nothing. And then I went Saturday. Nothing. And then he hasn't been on camera since that last, since last Thursday. So... He's either moved off a little bit or it's just so hot again. That, right. You know. And, I mean, I haven't been getting – I got that picture of him that night, and they kind of – they were in my food plot. I mean, they were eating my food plot, and I haven't had a decent buck since. So yeah. I went Saturday uh, that evening because it was kind of cooler or whatever, and I was like, I, I just got to go. I got to go check it out. Yeah. And I saw quite a bit of deer, man. I think I had – I counted nine different does. They were around me at some point throughout the night. So, I mean, good movement, but just I was like, because eh. I, I do. I, I do want to take a doe, but I was like, man, I, it's hot. It's a little warm. I'd have to mess with it tonight as far as breaking it down and getting it on cooler and stuff like that. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to mess with it. So, yeah, but that's, I think, what we have to watch this year is these cell cams that we've got. They might hinder us. Yeah, I don't. If a if a, a deer isn't on camera and we know it because now we have cell cams instead of you know going and checking them every three weeks or whatever. Number one, we only each have four cam- four of those cutty links on each of the places we're hunting, mm-hmm. so it's not like there's a camera on every other tree. Right. Number one. Number two, we got to remember to hunt like we have always hunted. Hunt the conditions. Hunt smart. Hunt you know like yeah. the. We get a cold front hits. Uh, it's about like what we want. We just need to go hunting. Yeah. And not go, well, I'm not going to go because he's not on camera. Well, right. I don't mean shit. Well, I mean, and going back Saturday, like I said, I hunted from where my stand's at 
to where my camera's at is 30 yards. I saw nine deer. My camera only picked up, I think I got two pictures of deer on that. Exactly. I mean, they're not picking up. It doesn't pick up everything. It's just a little swath, right? Right. I mean, right. So. And, uh, but at the same time, it is kind of cool. I mean, to be like, I would not have hunted this early this year had I not got photos of him during the daylight and gone, holy hell, he's, I can kill him right now. Right. And of course, that asshole shows up the days I couldn't be there, and then doesn't show up the day you know. And you don't want to get discouraged. I mean, it's not even October yet, right? But it is kind of funny that we both got photos. We're like, damn it, <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah. there. But hey, that's that's, that's hunting. Today's show is um, with some fellow podcasters of ours. Yep, um, we got Dustin and Nick. With the Bucking Strutting Outdoors podcast, mm-hmm. um, I've actually been on their show a few times. They're real cool guys, both both from Missouri. It's a Missouri-based podcast out of the south southwest part of the state. Normal guys like us who uh, like to hunt, and you know, really seems like they focus on public land. They got a. I mean, sounds like a big piece down there that they hunt. I mean, that's a hundred percent of their hunting. So. I mean, if I had 20,000 acres close to me, I think I might give it a shot, too. Right. I wouldn't be as worried about trying to find private. Yeah. And uh, although still fun to try, but um, they are basically both focused on that. And Dustin was able to capitalize. They were together that night, but Dustin was able to shoot an awesome buck Yeah, uh, six days into the season this yeah, year. Yeah, the 21st, September. And so, so they kind of talk about just – how they how they approach that piece that they hunt, what they did the first few days of the season, how they got to it. Hell, we even talk about like their running gun setups and what they use. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of have some fun with uh, some fellow podcasters yeah, about some, some success they already had. Super jealous. <laughs> I know. It'll happen. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we get into the show, two uh, – partners for today's show one of them was mentioned during the show <laughs> yeah um alps outdoors love them alpsbrands.com i am currently running the alps shit alps pursuit pack i think is the name of mine it's the my first new whitetail pack in a long time and i really like it so far my favorite thing about the pack so far i've already used it i i did a um what do you call that a, a video about it a review i guess what else would you call it? A, a, a go over this pack thing or a review? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I did a review video of it. Let's say I guess then a um, week or two ago, and I I said I was gonna like this feature, dude. I love the little shelf that it has. I mean so, that is money, dude. dude the, yeah, the back pocket is hard, and then it's got these straps that keep it from flopping. I put my binos on it, and it's just like having like a little desk little table right hanging next to me and i can just like stick things on it and no that is that's uh, handy man i think i'm gonna have to get one of those yeah yeah i've liked it so far it is a little full of stuff i need to probably lighten it up but dude i i talked about it but yeah i I went a lot lighter this year i realized i don't need half the stuff that i was taking in yeah but so check them out alpsbrands.com and then also huntworth gear Mm -hmm. i've been wearing my huntworth stuff exclusively so far whitetail hunting and i mean i really have a need to mess with being warm <laughs> yeah. right yeah but no i mean my setup 
I've been wearing their light light pants, mm-hmm. uh, their light long sleeve, and then I take their hoodie. Dude, man, I that's probably my favorite thing of theirs. Is their I haven't hoodies. worn it yet. I take it with me. See, so I take far it. I got a little chilly or whatever for whatever reason. I I put it on, but that hoodie is awesome. Yeah, uh, so far that's my favorite piece. Yeah, I've taken it with me. I just haven't. I I put a base layer on still for whatever see reason. i am not a base layer guy you everybody base layer base layer i, I don't know i, just I don't can't. know why I can't. So like ever since we started elk hunting so i feel weird not wearing a base layer so you on my the, on my upper like the my other lowers i don't always the other day when you went out you wore a base layer yes a lightweight base layer it was like what 70 something degrees yeah and all i wore was that in a t-shirt i never had to worry about putting a hoodie on okay <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I do it. I do. All right. And that, the last day I hunted, I didn't wear my pant, my lower base layers. Gotcha. But the first two days, I did. Okay. I don't Good. know. And even if you sweat, it dries out real, real quick because it's merino wool. Sure. So uh, those are not. Uh, I'm currently not wearing Huntworth's base layer. Um, but that's about the only thing I'm not wearing at Huntworth anymore. Right. So. Check them out at HuntworthGear.com. Use the code, I don't even freaking know, MWW15. I believe so. Is that them? Um, I need to write that down somewhere. Uh, for 15% off your order, if you're still looking to get stuff for this season, they you can get totally set up early, mid, late season with them Yeah. for less than 600 bucks. I bet. Yeah. I, I mean, mean it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, super reasonable prices. So check so. them out. Yep. Let us get into our show today with Dustin and Nick of Buck and Strutton Outdoors. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, with us today, we got Nick and Dustin with Buck and Strutton Outdoors. Guys, what's going on? Not much about you, man. Well, it's I'm wishing the weather would cool down. That's what I'm <laughs> hoping right now. September, hoping. let's see, we're recording this on September 28th, and it's hot as balls outside yeah. still. Yeah. 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 They're saying it's supposed to cool down next week, looking like 70s for a high, 50 in the lows. Yeah, I think we're so. supposed to. I don't, I don't know about you guys down there, but up here we're supposed to get weather, supposed to get rain starting, I believe it was Thursday all the way to Saturday. I think after that, I'm going to start getting in the tree a little bit more, getting out there and doing yeah, a little th- more hunting. Yeah. I think that's about the same for us for the rest of this week. Yeah. We, um, yeah, it, I mean, of course, you guys are in southern Missouri, but so I'm guessing the weather that you're having is similar to ours most of the time anyways. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll get rain that you don't and vice versa at times. But, yeah, uh, I usually – the last few years I've been doing a better job of staying out of the woods where I'm hunting just because I hunt a small piece of property. And usually what I'm after is not around this time of year, but hell I've hunted what three or four times now. Yeah. You've definitely hunted more than uh, what you would were planning on anyways. And that's all because of cell cams. Yeah. Uh, this is my first year with a cell cam and it's been, sh- it had been showing me that the buck I was after was showing up in daylight, uh, on that place. So I got my ass out in a tree stand pretty quick and, of course, every night that I wasn't able to be there, he Each, was. Of course. <laughs> That's the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. Like at 530 in the afternoon, Yeah, he was walking through. Just like, you got to be kidding me. But anyways, today's show is not about me anyways. 
It's about you guys and, you know, getting it done on public land this year already, which is pretty badass. But before we get into it, I want everybody to um, be introduced to you guys and kind of learn about what Buck and Strutton is. So, um, Dustin, Nick, why don't you introduce yourselves first. Tell us uh, where you're from, and uh, then we'll get into Buck and Strutton. Dustin, go first. All right, cool. Sounds good. Um, guys, my name is Dustin Rector. I am the co-founder with Nick of Buck and Strutton Outdoors. I'm going to be plain and simple. I'm pretty average as the Joes come. There's nothing too fancy about me. I just grew up loving the outdoors. I love to hunt, love to fish. And somewhere along the way, I met Nick down the road and we got to talking and we were like, you know what? There's a lot of guys out there that make this kind of a thing happen. You know, these like hunting pages on Instagram or podcasts or, you know, get, try and get themselves out on some kind of platform and create content that is a positive outlook on hunting and shows other people how to do it. And we were like, well, why can't we just do that? So, I mean, yeah, it's been two years now since we've really got things up and going and haven't looked back since. Yep. That's awesome. Hey, Nick, try to top that. (laughs) (laughs) It won't be hard. (laughs) Well, uh, first off, my name is uh, Nick Bellis and I am, you know, in the episodes that we've had you on, Nate, I've, we've talked about how I am. I, I have not been hunting for very long. This is year number five. And it seems like every year I just learn more and more and more about, about the woods and what to look for. But kind of piggybacking off with what Dustin said about how we started Buck and Strutting Outdoors, we really wanted to focus on, you know, the education aspect, the mentorship and doing our part for conservation and i would not be the hunter that i am if it wasn't for some of these books and videos that i've watched and the mentors that kind of push me in the right direction to not just be a lazy bum and hunt a couple hundred yards off the road so that's where you know we've taken guys out hunting with us that have never stepped foot in the woods before and the eye, like their eyes, whenever they, they see a, a deer coming in or hear that turkey gobble, I mean, it's just, that's what I live for. You know, it, yeah. it's a good time. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty awesome to be considered a mentor to you guys. I I, I am. <laughs> uh, <it's, laughs> I don't think I heard you, them mention your name. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I so I have been on their show several times, and I think that's why, you know, we've never met. Dustin and Nick in person, and Micah, this is the first time you've met them, either, either of them. Yeah, I've listened to their show. But. And uh, I think that's why I enjoy them is, like Dustin said when he was introducing himself, you guys are, well, honestly, just like us, average Joes. The, the, the person we are talking to on our podcast, mm-hmm. the normal guy and girl who wants to go hunt, and, you know, we're just – we're just doing our show just like you are to learn right along with them. I mean, you know, when we talk to industry experts or whoever, even, you know, if, if we're just talking to regular guys like ourselves, you, you learn something every time you are on a show like this show today, I'm sure I'm going to learn some stuff. And that, 
that uh, has has really helped us out as doing part of our show. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you guys have been doing this two years, you said? Yeah, yeah. It'll be three years in May. Okay. How long have you guys been friends? Have y'all always been friends, or did this? They're still just, working on that. Still working on. It? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying to figure that part out. Uh, I knew. I actually, I knew Dustin's older brother from from school, but when I got, I was in the military. When I got home from the military, and went back to working. Me and Dustin, we worked together, and I met. That's when I met him. I'm like, man, this guy likes to bow hunt. I like to bow hunt. Well, I mean, what can go wrong? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's amazing uh the way that hunters kind of come together. Like anytime like we're at a social event, like we were at a wedding in St. Louis and the the bride and groom, they actually placed me where me and my wife were sitting next to another hunter just because they knew we would get along and wouldn't get along with anybody else so it's cool that you know you guys can come together and make something like you're doing so that's pretty neat yeah yeah that dustin my uh my girlfriend when she sees dustin pulling to the driveway she's like oh here it goes again (laughs) (laughs) pretty much yeah i mean that isn't that kind of why we started the podcast because our wives are like do you guys ever talk about anything else i mean i don't know what i mean i don't know what else we would talk about yeah yeah (laughs) you know and uh so we're just like maybe we should start recording this crap (laughs) yeah somebody might listen yeah yeah we were on a show uh, i was actually on their show the last time i was in their show and uh dustin was talking about we got into elk hunting a little bit if i remember correctly and dustin started talking about being uh being single and you know, wanting to go elk hunting, I'm like, dude, now's the time. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's it's gonna get nothing but harder. And you know, also made me very envious of where he is in life at the moment. <laughs> you know, Dustin's a little bit younger than us, and okay, you know, uh, without child at the moment. So smart man. He's just, I, hey, I'm telling you, man, you need oh, to go man. do every damn out of state hunt you can afford. Uh, I'm telling you for real. <laughs> right, now. It, it gets nothing but harder uh, the older you get and the more relationships you get into so yeah definitely you want to start those now go get you some credit cards with the ten thousand dollar limits you know or whatever and just charge it who who cares just go you only live once yeah Yeah, max those puppies out yeah (laughs) you can pay them back later yeah (laughs) and then find find you a wife with a good paying job that way you don't have to worry about it see that's the goal one of my best friends growing up that i grew up hunting and fishing with his dad gave me the ultimate like guideline to follow throughout your life as a man, because whenever he met my friend's mom, she said the only things that he had in his place of living at the time was a small rent house that he shared with rats (laughs) was a recliner, a TV and all of his hunting and fishing shit. And for me, yeah, that doesn't sound any better than that. So, and she makes all the big money, contributes that back to the household. And he's over here making, I mean, nothing to scoff at, but nothing near as much as she is. Yeah, he's living the easy life. Nothing wrong with that. Go find you a a wife that you can call Dr. Honey. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. One that's got to be away for long periods of time or something like that. Missouri Woods and Water and Buck and Strutting Outdoors. Giving you life's lessons right on the spot. <laughs> there you go. 
let's talk about deer hunting. Yeah. So yeah. all right, that uh, sounds good. You guys <laughs> primarily hunt uh, public land. Is that correct? That's actually all we hunt. Okay. So is that by choice, or is that y'all just can't find anything, or is that just the way you guys want to go about it? A little bit of both. Okay. A little bit of both. We we haven't really asked around. Uh, I think that we've gotten on the subject of talking to some landowners, and it's like an automatic. Uh, yeah, that's a no. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. It's hard to think about hunting anything else when you have hundreds and thousands of acres of public land 20 minutes from your house right yeah see that i mean that's the exact opposite for us we have almost no public land i mean we do have a a piece that's about 40 minutes away 45 minutes away that's uh, like 1800 acres right other than that they're all I but, mean, we definitely have public land around us. It's just nothing. They're all so small. Yeah, all small. I drive by one every day almost, and, I mean, it's obviously bow season right now, and, uh, you know, countless cars already yeah. in and out, which, I mean, good good, good thing. So, yeah. And I think the the large one I'm talking about has, you can do, like, waterfowl there. I think you can do everything. You know, all, everything. So it's full of other stuff, too. You know, like hikers walking through, and I'm sure that's how a lot of public ground is, but it's a big waterfowl, like a lot part of it's flooded, so there's a big waterfowl community that goes out there. So you're out there hunting deer, and, you know, there's 40 duck hunters also on top of that. So it makes it kind of difficult, I think. But um, So I'm guessing, like, it's obvious since Dustin already got it done um, that you guys started – the season with the plan to start hunting early and is there a reason you did that other than just it's public ground so we're going to hit it hard and you know fast or or what was the thinking behind your plan this year i think which i I know Dustin has his he has his own thoughts and plans about it but for me opening opening both seasons opening day is like a sacred holiday you know like doesn't matter what I'm doing. I think I'd rather hunt the opening day of bow season than the opening day of rifle season. Nobody's out there. You have the woods completely to yourself. And if if you've done your homework and done some scouting, you have a good idea where they're at. Yeah. You'd be disappointed. This is the second year in a row I was not out opening day. I think this is like probably the third or fourth. Yeah. I used to get really – I mean – back before i was married and had kids and stuff i used to get pretty excited and, and always go opening day but it seems the last few years i just eh, it's too hot i'm not gonna worry <laughs> about it yeah you know and i used to oh i used to do just like nick does is it's it's september 15th I, i'm going mm-hmm. but i mean we've had a show talking about banking days before i think i even talked about that on when i was on with you guys where i'm like dude i i don't have i can't go every day and she's going to get pissed off when I go <laughs> and why waste it on a day that I'm probably not going to see the deer I'm after. Cause I know he's not there right now right. or whatever. So I, last year I, I didn't go. And then this year I didn't go opening day either, but Dustin, I mean, is that kind of what had you guys been scouting this, this area and kind of had an idea of what you wanted to do. And that's why you kind of went after it up front pretty quick. We had hunted this area quite a bit last season without having much any results like we had gotten on top of deer we'd seen deer just a shot was never able 
either to present itself or one of the bigger bucks that we had had located on or had on camera out here on this piece of public, you know, we just, we had never ran into him, never saw him there. But anyway, going into this season, we had a pretty good idea of the lay of the land and everything and kind of just took a step back and we were outsourced a little bit. We're like, all right, if we've hunted here, here, and here, let's mark some X's off. We kind of know what goes on in this area. So to this newer spot that we had pushed to was a smaller isolated ridge on pretty much the other side of one of the main ridges you walk in on and it tucks back in there just a little ways and so we had kind of had an idea okay we were going to go back in here and throw up a camera and a mock scrape just to take some inventory and kind of see how everything was going now while i'm thinking on it too nick had mentioned I had some different ideas or plans for opening day myself. If it hadn't been for Nick, I would have been asleep September 15th, probably all the way up till 8.30 a.m. that morning because, <laughs> like myself, it's too damn hot for that shit. Like, I just, I'm not a fan of deer hunting in hot weather. I don't like ticks. I don't like mosquitoes. I do love to bow hunt. I love to deer hunt. It's amazing. I, can't get enough of it but when it's super hot outside i'm just like yeah i'm out on it pretty much what got happened with me was i got peer pressured into it i woke up it's raining outside i'm talking on the phone with nick hey nick what do you want to do he's just like i think the rain's supposed to lighten up i was like i don't know it just thundered outside nick i'm kind of <laughs> tired pretty sure you gotta wait uh, 30 maybe. minutes after each thing <laughs> yeah. isn't that, isn't that a like, thing the rule <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, I think you better head this way. So I was like, all right, screw it. I got nothing else better to do. So yeah, threw myself in my truck, headed out that way. Still pouring rain outside. I hop out of my truck, walk across his yard. I'm soaked in rain at this point. Nick comes out of his house. I think the rain's lightening up. And I'm just over here like, man, the rain's not lightening up at all. Like this is, <laughs> I'm going to go with it though. Let's do it. I'm, I'm here for you, buddy. Let's get it done. And so, yeah, opening day actually turned out to be a beautiful day. And that's where we had. So he was right, is what you're saying. He, he was right. <laughs> I give him full 100%. <laughs> but no, from there, it's like uh, kind of that morning. And, you know, after the rain and the storm and everything, it kind of made things slow in our efforts when we had gotten out of the stand that morning to go scout and look at this newer part that we had never really ventured to before nick had actually bumped some does out of there that were bedded and finding those beds there we had eventually found some other what we believe were doe beds along this ridge line and from there there was an old scrape that we had found and we freshened it threw out a mock scrape there put a camera over the top of it facing down the ridge where in the direction where those does were at but there was a number of fresh rubs that were along that ridge too. So kind of gave us some more insight. We were like, okay, maybe this is a spot we need to throw a camera out at just to kind of see here the next week or two and see what goes on. So how many, uh, do you run cameras most of summer out there as well? We... That's what Go ahead. Yeah, we didn't really 
not to sound lazy, we didn't run any cameras at all out there this summer. That's, I mean, when you said something about cameras, like taking inventory, and then you talked about putting one over this, uh, uh, these these rubs running down that ridge line. Mm-hmm. And I've heard hor. I've never put a, a camera out in my life on public ground. Right? We never have, have we? No. It makes me nervous just thinking about it. Have you, I mean, do you ever, (laughs) have, you ever have issues with that? Ever had one stolen, that sort of stuff? No. I mean, we're, the kicker here, though, is is that we're, you know, three-fourths to a mile back in there. And it's, it's hill, it's hill country. Mm -hmm. You know, it's pretty rough. So, if if someone's going to wind up, ending up on these spots, then I guess, you know, you if you want to take my camera, you can take my camera. But I don't, we've never really, I've never even had the only, actually I've only had one person on my camera and it was a forester. Really? Yep. Well, that's kind of nice. Stopped, yeah. He stopped right there and he just posed right at it. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of, I mean, it kind of gives you a, some information as far as the deer and it kind of tells you, okay, oh man, we got four other hunters over the last four days that have been in here, it might make you think maybe we pop over this next ridge or we get into another drainage because they're they're tearing it up right here. Maybe they're not going to be a half mile to the the west or whatever. Um, as long as the things there, but you know, you listen to enough podcasts, you hear horror stories on stuff getting stolen on public ground and yeah. hell, even not even just public ground. But um, so it was interesting to I'm, I'm I know guys do it, but um, you know, I've, I've never done it. Anytime I've ever been to a pub, piece of public ground, it's just strictly been to hunt. Right. Which is honestly pretty awesome. If you, you know, think about all the work we've been doing this summer on our, our private ground that we hunt. Yeah. Uh, Mike and I, we don't hunt the same piece of property and, but we both hunt smaller pieces of ground. Mm-hmm. I hunt, you know, it's a 40 acre farm, but we've talked about how much I really actually hunt. So a 40 acre farm, you hunt like 60 acres. When I only hunt half of that. Yeah. And, but how many, how many cameras we got out through those, you know, and you're just like all the work we do with the cameras and, and, you know, doing some land management that the, the landowners allow us to do all the stuff you do. There's, there's part of you that goes, man, it would be nice to just look at a map or have boots on the ground. Like you guys, had been saying with your scouting after you hunted and just say just go hunting kind of like when we were out in colorado with elk you know there's we're not worried about what's on camera we're not worried about what we're after it's just you go hunt um there's part of me that really kind of almost yearns for that too yeah um but of course then at the same time you do all this work you know the deer you're after it's kind of nice like hoping to see a specific deer um, you know, there's, there's positives, I guess, to hunting private ground and hunting public ground for sure. I think for sure, man. I mean, opening day of rifle season, I, I don't get excited about it. Like it, it gives me a sickening feeling whenever I roll up and I get sat down and the sun starts coming up and you just start hearing all these gunshots and there's nothing around me. And I'm like, okay, this is <laughs> All the intel that I've gathered over the last three months has now just went down the shitter. Right. And we're going to start from scratch. It, you know, it's, it really can be disheartening when, yeah, when that happens. 
Yeah, I, especially like on I, any piece of ground, I guess, is that way. Yeah. You know, like even the private we hunt, rifle season hits and all hell breaks loose. And it can obviously be a good thing where you're at. You know, you you hunt smart and you don't pressure them. You know, you don't be crazy. Well, they end up coming down to coming to you instead exactly. of, um, you know, the opposite. So, um, it's not necessarily a horrible thing. And hell, the, the deer I killed last year during rifle season. Yeah, sometimes it can pay off in your favor. Yeah, was you know, exactly it, that. I mean, you hunt the you hunt off what the hunters are doing, kind of thing. So, you know, you can definitely set yourself up to where you know people are going to be go a few hundred yards off the road most of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, if you get back in there quarter mile, half mile, mile, whatever it is, they're going to push those deer to you, hopefully, or something, something along those lines. Yeah. And you hunt somewhere long enough, you'll know exactly, like the the one I killed last year, I knew that old boy was going to walk right up. The same way he walks every year, and all it takes is me looking at the weather going, all right, the wind's coming to come out of the southwest. This dude's going to bump every deer on that entire property walking into his tree stand right my way. I And I every year I'm there an hour before first light sitting in the stand because I know he's going to show up. And it, I, I'm not upset with him. Like, you know, it's it's his right to hunt that way, right? Yeah, he you know? can do whatever he wants, you know. But I know what he's going to do, and I know he's going to throw every deer my way. And he did that this year, too. <laughs> he also he actually, remember the whole story, he killed one right before I killed mine. Yeah. Um, crazy day. But anyways, so, I mean, yeah, it definitely is can be nerve-wracking. But so you guys went opening morning. Um, Sounds like it was a, turned out to be a beautiful day, so Nick was right on that one. And then, did y'all see anything that day? Yeah. What What was the setup there? No, we uh, opening morning when we went back to a spot where we had found a, I mean, a pretty big primary scrape from last season, and it, something had already started hitting it. And that we kind of went there with the idea of, if we see something cool, if we don't, we know where we're going to go. We know we're going to dip down and go check out this other ridge line. Mm-hmm. That was the whole purpose behind it pretty much was to get back in there because we didn't and this is the first summer though talking about those trail cameras that we didn't put any cameras out this summer previous the years previous we have but you know we fell into like a a trap of we find these places we find all this sign we put a camera up and then we're stuck hunting that sign and but then that's old sign we're not hunting the new sign that's popping up you know yeah and that's where when we when we realized like holy holy crap like there's it's september 15th and there's some monster freaking rubs back in here something this isn't you know something's doing something it's it's not his first rodeo it's it's getting after it what um about how big is this piece of public you're hunting oh that is probably and i'm just gonna guess here probably every bit of 20 acres so how and it's all huntable I mean, it, it's all open to hunt. Yep. So how do you, I mean, and you guys said you've been hunting it several years now, but you can spend a lifetime learning a place that big. So how do you, what is your process? I mean, what do you do when you say, here's how we're going to try to tackle this place this year? I'm assuming a lot of it is map work up front 
you know, Onyx or whatever, Hunt Stand, whatever, you're checking, you know, you're looking at those maps and trying to figure out, all right, we'd like to try this. And then, I mean, do you do a shit ton of scouting during the summer to try to decide how we're going to handle this? We, uh, we do a lot, a lot of, a lot of map work. We spend a lot of time looking at the maps, just looking for, you know, terrain features, those long, good ridges, saddles, areas where there's a lot of terrain features that come together. And then we keep those in mind. And if we don't get to them during the season, as soon as season ends, we head right out there and we begin looking. And if we get back in there and the map kind of wide, you know, maybe it, maybe it said that there was supposed to be a really nice long bench here in our minds. We're thinking, all right, that's going to be a killer spot during the rut. You know, they're going to bucks are going to chase does all the way up and down these ridges. But if something happens that it's not that way and, Maybe it's just a big old cedar glade. Uh, we'll cross it off with the next and move on to the next thing. Yeah, sometimes Onyx pisses me off. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh, it's it, supposed man. to be the same elevation from here all the way this. And then next thing you know, you're like, why the hell is there a cliff right here? Yeah, <laughs> it's not 100%. <laughs> definitely not 100% all the time. No, I wish, I wish they would go back. I think it's been like two years now since they changed the foliage on the maps where there's leaves on it now, Mm -hmm. I wish that they would go back to where there was no leaves on it. That would make everybody's life a lot easier. You could read the actual ground features a little easier to see what it's it's actually doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that you could really tell too. I, whenever they had that without the foliage on there, you could see deer trails on these public parcels. It it was pretty cool. They just need to change back. It's nobody wants all the leaves. The only thing I like about having the new maps with the leaves on it is that you can actually tell damn near what kind of trees that you're up against, which I mean, if you follow intuition, you know that if you're down in a ditch or way down in a holler and it's rocky coarse terrain, you're probably going to have a cedar thicket of some sort or primarily that's what's going to grow down there versus all the way up here on the ridge top, you're probably going to have, you know, your, your white oaks, your post oaks, and potentially even your black oaks up there. Anything that's producing a lot of soft mass, acorns, whatever. But the maps on Onyx, I do like having the leaves on the trees because you can kind of tell what vegetation you're up against rather than just like the old basic Google map. Mm-hmm. where you have just dead trees and straight to a, a cedar glade or whatever. Like, that's nice because you can read the contour lines really good. But being able to tell, like, you know, the vegetation, the plant life back in somewhere, kind of having a rough estimate of what it looks like before you get there is nice to have because, you know, you can kind of identify those open areas where you know you're going to be able to get into, have a lot of shooting lanes, a lot of good stand setting opportunities and then you can also more easily identify edge whether that be a lot of like a clear cut like understory cover meeting a big open hardwood stand or even a sear glade that's the only advantages i see yeah it'd be nice if you could just maybe like turn it off and on yeah like hey i want that'd be sweet well i I think that feature doesn't google 
don't they have like a history or whatever? I thought you could get on there. And I haven't used Google chain. in a few years. Yeah, I mean, I don't, haven't, but I remember a long time ago, me and my brother, we actually got drawn for a uh, managed hunt uh, kind of in our area. And he got on there and he was able to figure out, and I haven't messed with it since, so I don't know if it actually exists anymore or what, but he could get on Google Maps and then he could like take it back and see like where the new growth is and stuff and see like how the trees have matured and stuff. And we use that to find like bedding areas and sort of stuff. And it actually worked out. It wasn't until the last day, but I mean, we actually got on a really good deer and, and he came off the bedding that we anticipated that looks like a good bedding area. You know, it's pretty new growth, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of low trees sort of thing. I wonder if they still offer that. But who knows? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I I, I've never heard of that before, but that that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the issue I would have, <laughs> we ought to try this sometime. Just do it. But I would have so many freaking markers on my map from read. Like, oh, this looks good. Oh, this looks nice. I like this too. You know, and then you know you got hundreds of them, and I'm sure you can mark some of them off when you're doing some summer scouting, and maybe even as you're you know hunting. Um, how do you, and this is going to be maybe a difficult question to ask to both of you, but how do you take your map work? You do a lot of map work, even boots on the ground in the summer, and then try to translate that into during the season when you are on public ground. So whether you like it or not, you can't control anything that goes on there, right? And there could be 20 guys that went through there the week before opening day or the second day, 20 guys hunted in there. Do you hunt an area based on we're going to hunt the sign we see, the features we like, and other hunters be damned? Or how do you handle when you know they start getting pushed around? For instance, Dustin, you were saying, um, or no, Nick, I think you were saying that this buck was already starting to do stuff. There's rubs all through there. And then you go in there and there's four other stands within 20 yards of the rubs that you had seen. I mean, do you, do you keep hunting that deer until you don't see the sign or do you make a change based on pressure? I, at that point, if there's already stands, you know, that like they've, they've hung them up within, in this instance, since the season opener, mm-hmm. I'm going to push back and see if I can't find, more sign because if that sign's right by their stands my i'd be i would bet that that buck's doing that at night you know and that's kind of where that and that leads to why as well with these damn cameras we didn't put any out during the summer falling into the trap of hunting a place that looks good for deer versus just walk and go find the dang sign you know it go find it go find the hot sign find the rubs that were made a day ago or today and hunt that find the scrapes that you walk up to it and you can just smell the urine coming off of it you know yeah so i guess more or less i'd I'd hunt the sign if if there's stands there i'm gonna push away from those people because kind of like what you were talking about with the rifle season and getting off the road they're just going to push him further back in 
So thinking about that and trying to maneuver around that, just a big old chess game. Yeah. You can probably make it work for you. Okay, so take us through this year then. So opening day went, you guys went hunting, um, and then you got down, did some a little scouting mission you were talking about. And then take us through, you know, I don't know how many days you all hunted before Dustin, you know, got it done, but, you know, cut, what kind of movements were you making to, to get to that day and then what put you where you guys were that day where, um, you know, you'll tell the listener, but it sounds like you guys were together that day when Dustin harvested this um, this awesome buck. And, um, you know, what, what put you guys there in that situation that day that, you know, ultimately led to already freaking getting it done? Well, I, I'll, 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 I'll cover the first half of this and you can cover the back half and tell the story about your deer. Cool. The, uh, we hunted opening day and then we went out We opening day morning and night. The evening hunt that we went to, we went up to a conservation land, and I, I was absolutely amazed that there there were 14 different trucks on this piece of conservation land. And I'm like, holy crap, I didn't realize that there were this many people that cared about opening day of both season. So the first two days, you know, just kind of getting the whistle wet and busting the rust off of hanging the stands. And that led to the Friday where it was still really hot. And coming off of opening day, just sweating so bad, we we're like, all right, you know, let's just take this time, move really slow. And there's another piece on the same parcel. There's another ridge, you know, maybe a mile, mile and a half in, in difference. Let's go over there and we'll put some cameras out. We know we have a good idea. There's some stuff going on. But that led into the next week of when the cold front came in. So. Dustin, you can go ahead, man. All right. Well, seeing that, you know, since we had put the cameras out and everything, and the following week we were very excited because we were like, all right. It's kind of like the way last year was where we had awesome cooler weather that first week of season. But the same thing was kind of happening here just for only about three days. And – that Tuesday was absolutely beautiful. Woke up that morning, walked outside. It was cloudy, and it was like probably in the 50s. Yeah. Was... I immediate, immediately, the thought rolls into your mind. It's like, this feels like late October. This feels like deer-killing weather. I'm putting on a hoodie, and I'm going – I'm getting in the tree stand. So, yeah, we had kind of had a game plan where – it had been about a week since we had set that camera out on that mock scrape on this ridge of the, we'd never really hunted it before. So going into that, you know, it's already like the rule of thumb, you know, people say the first set is always the best set in the newer area. They keep saying that <laughs> place you're trying to go into and for certain, yeah, I'm a full believer of that saying, and this is, day was just you know it it was the kind of day to prove that point all throughout that evening i mean leading up to that we got down there and checked the trail cam pulled the card out you know read the pictures and we had seen fairly decent amount of pictures of what a mock scrape 
might pull in as far as inventory goes in the span of seven days. And we had a number of decent bucks on camera and with the wind being that night, you know, and looking into and researching and reading all like, I don't know if you're familiar with the hunting beast and Dan Infall and oh, some yeah. of his theories on playing the wind and especially in hill country, but we had kind of ruled it. We had a ridge that ran east to west and the wind was coming up out of the north. So we're like, okay, we got a northern prevailing north wind. Let's sit on the leeward side. So be in the south side of this ridge. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting up high enough on it to where the wind is just blowing over the ridge top and is blowing our scent over everything else. And having a pretty clear, like, visual of this bench and it runs down the ridge that we're sitting on you know we had posted a video about it and some people we were kind of getting some backlash for a second because it's really cool i think in hill country just the way elevation works and how you can work your way up a tree you may not even have to be that high you can be like 10 foot high in a tree over here but the shot you may have on a deer you know you maybe 20 foot compared to it right up higher than it is and we were sitting about three sticks high but we weren't even to the full top of the third stick and just the way elevation worked you know it was like okay this is a really cool spot our scent's just going to blow straight across and if the deer come through they're coming in on a crosswind so they're not going to smell us until they're literally right on top of us which they should be shot by then i'm guessing anyways Pretty much, but yeah. where the story's going to go to, yeah, that it's getting there. But anyways, going through the night, me and Nick, we're just sitting there observing everything. I mean, it's just the weather's gorgeous outside. It's cool. The wind's blowing like 5, 10 mile an hour. Just perfect kind of day, perfect weather to bow hunt. And towards the end of the night, you know, it's like 7.05, 7.10, I noticed a little bit of movement headed up to the top of the ridge in this little saddle where deer like to cross at and right below it, I could see a back and I pulled out my binos and I'm looking and I'm watching it feed. It's got its head on the ground, but it's kind of behind some brush and it's walking behind an oak tree going up to this ridge top. And I nudge Nick and I'm like, Hey, there's, there's a deer up there. And anyway, Kept watching it, kept watching it, and finally it moseyed its way out enough. I could see a tine sticking out, and I was like, yeah, it's got a pretty big body. I was like, okay, so there's a buck right there. And kept watching it. He wandered over the hill, and then I looked back and told Nick. I was like, yeah, I was like, he just went over the other side of the hill. I was like, I think he's gone. And Nick's like, well, I got my grunt tube on me. He's like, you want me to make a couple contact grunts at him? I was like yeah for sure like let's just see what happens because i mean why not hell why not like got nothing else to lose and so anyway nick hits three really good grunts and it's probably like 10 minutes after the fact of this buck crossing over the other side of the ridge nick hit a few grunts me and him it's getting darker it's still legal light but I mean, 
our hopes are fading for that day. And we're just kind of, you know, casually whispering to each other. And I heard a twig break way back behind me. And I looked over my shoulder and I could hear leaves crunching way the hell away. And I was like, Hey man, I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a deer out in front of me somewhere right now. And he was like, well, how far is it? And I was like, looked over my shoulder again and I could see some movement. I was like, yeah, it's probably like, he's probably a hundred yards. And I don't know what it was that just lit a fire under this deer's ass, but a hundred yards turned into 30 in like of the blink of an eye. Hmm. And all of a sudden I'm just hearing hooves running and coming through the leaves. And that moment just simultaneously, like not even have to think about it. My hands on my bow I'm hooked up to my D loop and I'm ready to rock. And from this moment, I just see a huge body come working its way through the brush. And at first it veered up to like to where this other buck had crossed the saddle going over to the other side of the ridge. And then he just made a hook and he kind of come down towards the, our general direction of where we were sitting at. And if anything, you know, he wasn't coming in on the low side where he would have been well below us and we'd probably been 20 feet up above him no he was coming out on the side that we climbed on and i'd set the stand stands on and we were probably only like 10 or 12 foot off the ground off this side just the way the elevation worked yeah and so anyway watching him come through there's a lot of brush in the way and a couple big oak trees and he's making his way through and at this point as he's walking in, I look down at my watch and I'm just like, okay, it's 720. It's still legal right now, but I can only shoot unless he's right underneath me. And sure enough, yeah, I mean, call it whatever you want. I'll just say it. Yeah. God was definitely on my side that night because that buck literally came on a beeline right at us. And from there, all I'm seeing is a big body coming through the brush. And I'm like, all right. I get drawn back and in the process of drawing back, I see his rack and I'm like, holy shit, that's a really good buck. And all of a sudden he comes walking through and on a mission to go do something. And I just hit him with a couple soft maz, made him stop. He looked straight up at us. And from there, I mean, I could see the white of his belly hair. I could see the back of his shoulder blade and, the hook where his elbow is and I just had my pen right where I wanted it. And then yeah, just squeezed and let through and heard a really good shot. Arrow made a good hit, went full penetration, full pass through world around, made a big circle. He dipped once on his chest running up this hill. And that kind of threw me up like a curveball at first. Cause I was like, man, that's usually not a good sign if they start running up a hill. Mm-hmm. Cause I have had that happen to me once before shot a really nice buck. And that was the first thing he did. And at that moment there, I was like, Oh no, this, yeah, that, that can't be good. But from here, he seemed like he was really struggling and it got to the point. It was dark enough. By the time he was past 30, I couldn't see him too good anymore. Yeah. And you know, you could hear him struggle and do his thing. And we were pretty confident we heard him crash and lay down and kind of kick around and do his thing but we weren't certain and so we gave it quite a while and yeah the whole time right there sitting up in the tree stand just 
millions and millions and millions of thoughts are running <laughs> through my mind. Like oh, yeah. I'm sure they've ran through your guys' mind. It's mm-hmm. like you're trying to replay everything in your head. Was it a good shot? Like where did the arrow hit this, that, and the other, did the arrow sound good when it hit the deer? Cause yeah, just everything in my anxiety, like I'm kind of an anxious guy anyways, but my anxiety was like racking through the roof at this point. I'm like, if something goes wrong here, I looked over at Nick. I was like, if something goes wrong, I'm hucking my bow off this tree stand. I said, you better catch me before I jump because (laughs) I don't know if I can handle that, but no, Gave it a good minute. Finally regained my composure. And we got a video of it. We're going to post it here soon. I mean, I'm just shaking in my boots at this point. That's awesome. Yeah. Climb down on the ground. And sure enough, like I look up with my headlamp and probably 50 yards from the tree stand, about the size of a quarter, I can see a little blue green light shining on the ground. And I was like, hell nick i think i see his eye and he's like you're shitting me and i was just like ah man, hell i don't know we'll just have to go see and sure enough following blood yeah that's, that's awesome, where he dude. laid honestly and i know you said you you know shot another buck that ran uphill to me when you shoot a deer they're gonna go where they want to go like right. they're gonna get hit and whether it's fatal or not at that moment they're not happy they're in pain something hit them they don't know what's going on. There is somewhere they want to go right, right. now. I want to go that way. I want to go there. I don't think it matters if it's uphill or downhill. I, I just think that deer wants to get somewhere. And mm-hmm. if where that deer wants to go is up and over that ridge, they're going to do it. If they, They're going to try to do it. He didn't succeed, right? Um, so, yeah. like, the other buck that you – sounds like you didn't get that you uh, lost, he just – he wanted to go somewhere uphill. I mean, you know right. what I'm saying? Like – I, I, I've heard all those things where people say, you know, if you gut shot a deer, they end up near water. Yeah. It's probably true. Eventually. I don't think they immediately go to water though. Right. Like there's all these things that every deer is different. And I, I just think, you know, you had a bad experience so that seeing him go up uphill like that made you go, Oh no, (laughs) which, you know, could have been a bad thing, but, um, it worked out this time. He's dead. He didn't make it fifty yards. Sounds like so. No, he, that's awesome. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't run far. Which I mean, like I couldn't ask for a better scenario or just a better. I couldn't ask for a better hunting experience right there to go out and have scouted an area, had a fairly decent understanding of it. It really like to put things into perspective. Afterwards, it's like. As soon as I had shot that deer and whenever I had found him, I think, uh, you know, Dan Johnson, he covered, he said this in one of his podcasts I was listening to one day, whenever you go out and you map this out and you're like, okay, over here, way down off this point or whatever it is, you know, bucks have to be bedded over here and I'm going to catch him coming through here when he's on his way over here. And being able to do that and having it all kind of, you know, just transpire within the span of a couple hours. And then once it's said and done and you've killed this buck, you kind of think to yourself, you're like, holy shit, I am the greatest deer hunter alive. When really, in all honesty, it's just like, yeah, I'm jack shit compared to the next guy. But hell, it makes me feel pretty good right now. But no, it was just. It's nice when a plan comes together. Exactly. Like that's yeah, for sure. You work hard. I mean, you you do. You work hard on that sort of deal, 
and it's nice when you're like, hey, what I actually, what we actually thought worked, <laughs> you know, like what I wanted to do, what we, we, what we thought we wanted to do is what happened. Like we didn't go here just because we're like, well, let's try this little stupid spot and you know, you, you put thought into it. Right. And I think that's where like when you put, push yourself out outside of your comfort zone, it makes you a better hunter. Yeah. Um, you know, like listening to you guys right now, thinking about how we hunt right now currently. I'm on my third year on this place. You're on your second year on this place. Really your first Yeah, really my hard. first. We'll call it my and first. And you're learning a place, but like now, I feel like I know the spot I hunt pretty good. And will I become a better hunter the longer I hunt at this spot? I mean, hopefully, but... You know, when you're out of your comfort zone, boy, you really have to think about those things a little harder and, you know, stuff like that. Now I know what I need to do because I've been been there at this point probably hundreds of times. So, I mean, it, it's nice when you, you know, you really have to kind of get out of your comfort zone and go, this is what I, we want to do. And then obviously you got to experience it w- with Nick. You guys were together, which is another thing that we don't really do anymore. I mean, we've when's the last time we hunted together? Last year. Once, maybe? Yeah, once. We don't do it very yeah. often. And, uh, you know. For some reason, he won't let me hunt his spots. I don't know. <laughs> and <laughs> vice versa. <laughs> yeah, he'll be the one to kill, kill all my good deer. That's why. <laughs> vice versa, I guess. But, you know, it's uh, it's cool that you guys got to experience that together. You know, that that makes it even probably more fun. Is yeah. that you know Nick was sitting right behind you? Yeah, probably going. How come I didn't get to take the shot? I was written. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who who makes that decision? By the way, I, you know how does that work? <laughs> it man from day one, it's always been whichever way they come in. Yeah, and it could have went either way. I mean, it from that spot that we had. I mean, it could have went either way. He just we, came. Uh, yeah, he he just went on Dustin's side. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But we had bought, we just bought like two days before, no, a day before Dustin shot this deer. We just bought a, a video camera. And so I'm sitting there with this freaking video camera like, this is really going to happen. Like, we're about to, I'm about to get this on film. This is freaking sick. It was, when he shot that deer, it was just too dark. The lens couldn't pick up yeah. any any light. Yeah, but if I you shoot a deer out. like around 720, you really... You can still see your eyeballs, you know, everything's legal there, but a, a camera really is done with by that point. Yeah, I think, if I remember right, it, I think they say it's like 20 minutes. I think it's like 20 minutes before, I don't know how to say it, but like before shooting light, it's usually like 20 minutes before that the camera can actually pick up. But after and that, that's probably an open area. Yeah, not the, probably the not in the timber. Yeah. So you yeah. don't get the time that you do if it's just your eyes or whatever it it whenever both season ends and we get to editing all this footage and stuff i mean that'll be the first episode but his reaction is freaking priceless i got that's something i don't even care yeah nobody watches that on youtube but we can go back and watch that you know before when we get our little get together be careful now you you don't get to put stuff on youtube anymore you know (laughs) yeah Yeah. can't can't get to no i'm just messing around but it hey, is. see, that's a, that's a great idea, though. We should all come together and form 
our own thing. Dude, I'm talking more. So ever since YouTube came out and, and you know, shut people down and stuff like that, I'm about sick and tired of Instagram and Facebook and YouTube shitting on hunters for some reason. And I'll tell you what, go. Have you heard of Go Wild? That app? Yeah, yeah. It's you know it's made for the hunter and outdoors men and women, and there's no censorship there. I, I wish every hunter in this country or this world would log on to that app and and set up an account. Um, you know, I, there's there's maybe other apps out there. I don't know, but you know. I, I set up a Go Wild account for us a long time ago and then never touched it. As soon as you two did that, I started doing stuff again. And honestly, I'd be happy to walk away from the the people who don't like us. Noise the shit out of me that we got to use their, their stuff and then they right. – I'm, I'm getting on a high horse right now. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, we, get, we use their stuff and they don't freaking like us. It just annoys the hell out of me, you know. But whatever. Um, you know how I feel about social media, I think. Even you guys, I don't know you that well. <laughs> so, um, We're not huge fans of it. So it, it's even more cool that you were able to be together and got it on film the day after you bought a uh, camera. That's pretty cool. What kind of camera did you go with? Uh, we went with the Sony AX53. Okay. That's exactly uh, what Russell bought. Yeah. yeah. Is that 4K or is that higher? It's, it's 4K. 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 Yep. Okay. Yeah. We, we were in Best Buy messing with it, and I'm like, dude, this is freaking sick. Like this is this is the one. Yeah. This yeah. Is the one. I think if I buy one, that was the one I wanted to get. Yeah. Um, I, I it's so easy to use. Like it's super simple. Super simple. Yeah. Um, another question because you know it's nice talking to other average Joe hunters like ourselves, and then you know whenever we talk to you know people who you don't just have money to throw around. Or you're not getting stuff for free, you know? Uh, yeah, sh she walked by, so you're good. <laughs> um, but what is your guys's? What's your mobile setup right now? What What is your run and gun setup? How are you setting up every night? And you know, like sticks, stand. What are you What are you using? We have We have evolved. Um, we used to run. I used to run a muddy stand, and Dustin ran a hawk stand. Mm -hmm. And they they were really heavy. I mean, I think they came out to be with the stick sticks in the stand. It was like almost forty pounds, I think. And we were like, ah, we got to drop that. It's got to go hiking mm -hmm. all these hills and hollers. I'm looking like freaking. I've lost sixty pounds over the course of deer season. <laughs> but now we both run lone wolves, mm -hmm. which he runs. Uh, I think it's the alpha. I'm not mistaken. That's no, the mine's the the smaller platform. Mine, yeah. I run the Assault. I was gonna say the, the Assault. The Alpha is the large size one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got this weird thing that if my shoulders stick out from the stand, I need a just a bigger platform. That, that's kind of dude. I don't blame you. I'm the same way. That's why I like. I mean, obviously, I hunt private, so I can use ladder stands. This year, I don't have any ladder stands set up on that new property. And I don't like it because those... but, uh, but there's a reason you don't like it, dude. Okay, you were not to get off subject. So I helped Micah set these stands up. Yeah, I'll do it all day long. So a, a guy he knows gave him some old stands. Yeah, and they're sticks. Def they're definitely not new. They are. They are not in good shape. They're old. Right. They're not. I mean, they're, they're not in bad shape. But I mean, they're bad. like they're old. 
they're there's a reason why you don't like them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm saying the platform is no different than any other platform that I could buy now. It's not smaller. It's not bigger. I would say it's average size platform, and I'm not a huge fan. Not of a fan. It. See, I don't. I don't. See, me. I was in your stands the other day whenever we set yours up. I went and got one of those. Same thing. I'm just not a huge fan of them. Yeah. See, I I, 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 re- I want a. I'd like a wide berth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Dustin has the assault, so then you have something a little bigger from Longwood then. Yeah. Yeah, I have the the alpha, which typically what we do when the beginning of the season we usually tandem hunt most of the time. And I'll carry two sticks, he'll carry two sticks. Are are you using the lone wolf sticks too then? Yeah, yeah, we've we've switched over to those now too. So how have you gotten to like the so here's the reason why I don't run like so the sticks I run and I don't run and gun as much as like you guys do, but I do have a run and gun setup. My setup is an XOP vanish mm-hmm. and Hawk Helium sticks. And the reason why I use Hawk Heliums I don't like having sticks that have a single step on each side. Like, I have to have double st- steps. Yeah. And those are really one of the very few out there that have doubles. I've also got the Muddy Pros, which have doubles. Um, how do how you guys like those, you know, the Lone it, Wolves where they're single, the single step? So, I, I used to run the uh, the Muddy Arrow Lights. Mm-hmm. And I love those sticks. Honestly, what I do is I usually take, I swap out a Lone Wolf. If I'm going by myself or even if it's, my two sticks that I take, I have a lone wolf and then a muddy arrow light for the sole purpose. That muddy arrow light is the last stick I put up. That way there's two steps and not that single step. And you're kind of standing all cockeyed because then your ass starts like cramping up and it's just not fun. Well, and you inevitably it's the wrong foot that you want to be up on. So you're like, how do I get on this foot? You know, like I want to be standing on my right foot on this step, not on the left. And so like every yeah, time I, yeah. I, I don't remember what, I bought a set from, they might have been XOPs. I mean, and they're good sticks. It's just, that's the one thing I've struggled with. And now you do uh, gain some weight help there because you're not, you don't have two steps on each side. But, okay, so you're running lone wolf set up. Great idea. Um, how are you packing the stuff in? What are you guys doing there? I mean, do you have like the, so like my XOP, I've got the tree stand transport system, I think it's called. So it, you know, you got it straps and it's got the the hip strap. So it's kind of like you're wearing a pack at that point. And then I put my pack on the the seat of the tree stand, my, my backpack with all my stuff in it. I put that on the seat that's down, and then my sticks. I put them around that. But how are you getting that stuff in and out with your all your gear? We uh, we both actually switched to fanny packs this year, mm-hmm. and we took. The, the actual waist part of the fanny pack off and we just strap that to our stand so i mean it's it's pretty small and i mean at that point we're not taking in all these crazy things right like i did when i had a backpack but the um i use a stick quiver for the sticks and then dustin actually has this nifty little contraption thing that goes around the sticks you cinch it down and you just carry it over your shoulder what what fanny pack do, are you guys? Do you know what you bought? Yeah, Alps. Okay, yeah. Shout yeah, out to I Alps. Think, boom. <laughs> <laughs> that was not planned. I <laughs> I thought about those. Um, now, 
like my current running gun, usually I'm not going very far because it's, I'm usually like, I do it on my private, you know, I, I need to get back in there today. He's back in there. I don't care really how heavy it is because I'm not going that far. So I usually right. just take my pack, sit it on there and I'm running back in there. But you know, if I had, if I was more worried about weight, I would guess if you get yourself a smaller bag, you put less shit in it, exactly. <laughs> you know? That's um, one, that one thing I changed up this year. I, I'm carrying a lot less stuff than I do in the, than I have in the past. Yeah. I'm probably carrying yeah. more this year, to be honest with you. Yeah. I got a new bag. Like I have, I've had an old backpack for years, the old Remington yeah. Walmart pack. And it got so bad that I just didn't have anything in it. Well, now I got this nice Alps pack that I'm using. And I'm like, well, shit. Yeah. I'm gonna put this in there. I got pockets for everything. I got a coat for this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, so I'm probably a little heavier than I should be. But what we uh, what we do do as well, because as it starts getting colder, you know, if, if we're walking in however many yards, we uh, we take our like our warming layers and stuff, our bibs or jackets, and we'll bungee them to the stand. Mm-hmm. That way we don't overheat, get all nasty and sweaty by the time we, we get to where we're going. Yeah. That makes sense. And, of course, the we haven't tried it. Strap, the, uh, the backpack straps are something that we've, we've kind of skimped on in years prior. And we finally just bought a good set from uh, Lone Wolf Custom Gear. That their backpack straps are pretty hardy, and for the stand, it, just, it feels like you're carrying nothing. For the stand, yeah. I, I wonder if it's very similar to the XOP I tree stand is. transport yeah. system that I've got. Yeah, because I, I think uh, Cody DeQuisto XOP is like his little baby. Yeah, yeah. Like so, so think, Lone Wolf. Um, I think that's XOP is his son. I, I something like that. Uh, there's a relation yeah. between XOP and Lone Wolf. I know that, but um, so. I think a lot of stuff similar. Like if you look at the XOP stands and a lone wolf stand, they're similar in a lot of things. Um, XOP is a little cheaper. I think it's cast, whereas lone wolf isn't or something like that. And it's a little heavier and things like that. But um, anyways, I, I've just thought of different, you know, different ways. And of course we haven't even tried saddles yet. And I'd like to give one a shot. Yeah. I'd like to try those out. My, uh, my brother, he, so I've, I've tried to get this dude to go deer hunting forever. And he, he's just like, he, he doesn't want to wake up early. He's like, man, I think go at night. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I finally, I'm like, you don't have to go in the mornings, man. Like, you can go in the evenings. Okay. Like, let's get this going. He, he came back. He's like, man, I don't want to carry a stand like you guys do. Like, he's a smaller guy. I get it. Like, okay. Well, he got on and watching all these videos. Man, I'm going to buy a saddle. And he loves it. Yeah. He loves it. The people that I've talked to that that own them do love them. So it really yeah. makes me want to get on there and try it. And honestly, you know, if I were to do some public land hunting right now, I kind of like hunting from the ground. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. You know, I mean, um, who's the guy on hunting public that's really good at it? Zach. Oh, uh, yeah. Zach, Zach Fernball. Fernball. Yeah, and I'm a – when I go hunting, I do a pretty good job of sitting still. So ground hunting doesn't scare me because I'm not moving around very often. And, you know, then I could find a spot to tuck in and things like that. And, you know, he talks about you spend a lot of time looking for that right tree. And sometimes you don't ever find it. 
like my little piece I hunt, it is full of trash trees, thorny locusts, and you know, head hedge that's got stuff all over the place that you can't get into. And you spend half the damn day looking for the right tree or whatever. And uh, then he, t- I think it's him that talks about, you know, you could be setting up and a quarter of a mile away, a deer's just listening to everything you're doing. Because no matter how quiet you are, you still make more noise than if you're not climbing the tree. And uh, I think if, you know, when I when I get back into the public land game, you know, if one year we need to really try to give that place a shot like we've talked about before, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it will probably be ground hunting up front and then maybe marking, hey, as there's a tree that looks like it would be in a good spot for future reference type of deal and, you know, uh, make it a little easier up front as far as not being so stressed out of trying to get in and out quietly and, oh, man, it's almost dark and I've got a half a mile hike. Should I, should I start early? You know, you're always like, should I start getting down a little early? <laughs> and then you don't get that shot Dustin got because you're screwing around trying to get out of a tree. Um, you know, that sort of stuff. But um, I just wanted to hear your setups because I know you guys are getting pretty heavy into, you know, hunting public. And, you know, and that's something – because average Joe thing too, like all that stuff didn't come at once. Like it, yeah. it was, I wait, we both waited, you know, for stuff to go on sale at the end of the year and buy just bits and pieces here and there to finally get a good setup that that'll work. Works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, the woman back there, she, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I get it. Hey, I get it. Yeah. Why is there a box at our house from whoever? I'm like, Oh, oh no. don't don't worry about that. It's for Micah. <laughs> he sits it here so that his wife wouldn't get mad at him. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Dustin, congratulations, bud. Honestly, congratulations to both of you. Um it's it was like a it seems like it was a team thing. Um awesome deer, especially for public ground. Um and not even especially for public ground, just an awesome deer. I mean, that's a nice buck. So it's it's really cool to be able to like you said, you guys have been doing it for so long, been, you know, doing this, that it's, like Dustin said before we recorded, this is your first, like, stud of a deer on public ground. And, right. you know, it's it's really cool to be able to, you know, hear that story and kind of hear how you guys got to that point. Um, what, day, what date did you kill it on again? It was the 21st. So six days into the season. Yep, you are done. Well, you're not yep. done, I guess. You can. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that, I'm not. I'm not. I'm far from done. I'm designated cameraman now. Yeah, I, I, I was so. going to ask. Now that you're tagged out for a little while, what the plan was? But it sounds like you guys got a plan. So. Yep, I am cameraman and slickhead sniper as of now. So <laughs> slickheads, I like that. That's good. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> slickhead. You sniper. heard it. You heard it from here first. That's going on a t-shirt. <laughs> slickhead sniper. Write that down. We're stealing it. No, I'm just kidding. I'd buy, <laughs> I'd buy that shirt. I would buy that shirt, yeah. Um, okay, before we hop off, you guys need to tell everybody how they can consume you. Um, you know, how, how how can they watch? get, that get with naughty. you? naughty. Don't ever say that again. Consume you? Yeah, don't ever do that again. So you, you're saying the next time I'm feeling frisky, I need to go up to my wife and be like, babe, you need to consume me. <laughs> you can try that. You might get smacked in the mouth. Oh, there's no but... doubt. No, I won't get smacked. I'll get freaking straight up punched. But uh, how can how, the, how how can people you know find you guys on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube? You know what? How can they get a hold of you guys? Listen to your podcast, that sort of stuff. 
Uh, well, you can uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, just at Buck and Strutting Outdoors. And for the podcast, we're on all major podcasting platforms. It's the uh, the Buck and Strutting podcast. Uh, we're for sure on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I think we're on Google Podcasts. And I don't know what some of those smaller ones are. But our YouTube channel actually isn't up yet. We'll, we're going to take our time on that and mm-hmm. roll that out. And might not be, might not matter anyways, to be honest with you. Yeah. 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 I'm going to go check out this. I'm sorry. I'm in a foul ass mood over that. See, (laughs) and you got to kind of twist it. You can still put your hunting stuff on there. You just can't monetize it. You're not going to get paid for it. That's, that's what they changed. Which means they, they have no incentive then. Did you listen to Dan's episode with, uh, Justin, uh, um, Justin Czar, is that his name? Yeah. About the, the demonetization. Yeah. That's the next one I got up to listen that, to. Dude, it's it's so good because he makes so many good points. If they're no longer monetizing it, well, they have no reason to push it then because they're not making money either. Right. So it's just they piss me off, but whatever. <laughs> I'm probably going to get, like, canceled now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they can listen to you everywhere. Check you out what's your Instagram handles, Facebook, that sort of stuff. Yep, just at Buck and Strutting Outdoors. Perfect. All awesome. one. We'll tag you obviously in this this uh, show release as well, so people can check you guys out. Um, cool. You know, go out and support them, folks. These the, uh, Dustin and, and Nick are Missouri guys, just like we are. Um, we've we've said this before. There's actually a lot of really awesome shows, podcasts in Missouri, based out of Missouri, that we really like. Um, you know, I haven't met you guys in person yet, but uh, Dustin and, and Nick are cool guys. We like Kyle. With uh, the Boot Hill Hunting uh, Camp podcast, he's a really cool guy too. Um, we like him. Five seven three. There's all kinds of awesome podcasts here yeah. in Missouri um, that people ought to consume. And um, <laughs> gosh, that wasn't that wasn't nasty. <laughs> that was in that context. That was fine. But yeah, uh, consume our podcasts, <laughs> guys. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on. Awesome story. Congratulations, Dustin, getting it done on public land six days into the season. Thank you. That's Appreciate what happens it. when you put in the work, man. Thanks for having us on, brother. Hey, appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Nick, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. That's awesome, man. Getting it done early season, like it's uber early. Feel, feel real good. I'm trying I've been trying to think of when the earliest I've ever killed a deer. I know the earliest I've ever killed one. October twenty first or something. Sixteenth. October sixteenth is the earliest I've done it. I feel like I've gotten one or two. Are we talking about just a buck? Like I'm just talking buck? about deer in general. Oh, man. I'm thinking September for me, I but I could I feel like I've be killed a doe before. I don't think I've ever killed a deer in September. I feel like I have, but I, I mean, I'm not brag, but I've killed a lot of does, so I can't remember all the does I've <laughs> killed, but, you know, you don't really remember those. What did uh, Dustin say? Slickhead? Slickhead sniper. Slickhead sniper? <laughs> yeah. Slickhead, that was good. Yeah. I, I'm, we do. We need to steal that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't they? He already he TM'd it right there when we oh, he was, was talking it? about it. Was yeah, that the one? yeah. He trademarked it. Um, but it's got to feel good already having one done. Like if you he, if he does nothing else this year, he's already he's killed a nice buck. Yeah, true. And I mean, he said he's going to uh, start recording. You know, running the video camera and stuff. But it's also kind of sad when it's over. <laughs> um, I know, like, rifle season, 
I mean, because I always go up north. It sucks killing on the first day. It really does. It, <laughs> it, it, it It's fun. It's cool, whatever. But it, in the back of your head, like, man, it's already done. I mean, it's over. I don't get to do no more. Playing with house money. Now you can go hunting and enjoy it with other people. I guess, but I don't know. I mean, I get it. It's a bittersweet. It's a bittersweet. Yeah. So, but thank you guys for coming on. Uh, Go check out their stuff. Uh, They've been doing it for a while now. So, yeah, about as long as we have, maybe a little longer. And they, you know, they started this from the ground up themselves and, um, really to learn more. Like, I mean, kind of like why we did to learn more from, people smarter than them and maybe to know, teach somebody something exactly so. and we we learned a lot from them today you know because they they hunt currently whitetail different than we do we're pretty much hunting private ground mm-hmm. they're pretty much hunting public ground all they hunt and that's you know those are two different styles you know we do a lot of work during the off season yeah you know getting stuff ready blah 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 getting inventory of deer i mean i think i got one property that's got Six, seven, nine cameras on it. Jeez. That's a lot of cameras, bro. I mean, I got them. Might as well put them out. Like, sure. I had like nine cameras before our, you know, we got hooked up with Cuddy Link, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep using them. I don't have, you know, enough right. Cuddy Links yet. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you, you, you do a lot of, spend a lot of energy on that and spend a lot of energy working on stuff, trying to get, you know, some presets hung and things like that. And, you know, you spend a lot of energy trying to learn public ground too. Yeah. So just a different ball game. Just a different ball game. Yeah. Uh, so congrats to Dustin. Congrats to Nick for uh, being there and getting, seems like some of it on film too. Yeah. So, so all right. All right, everybody. Off. Hope everybody has a great uh, week. Get out there and kill some, some deer. Yeah. It looks like the weather's going to be turning by the time this is out. It should start to be getting pretty a decent. Cool again. Yeah. Should be pretty decent. Maybe, now, maybe he'll show back up. Oh man. I'm just, I'm going Sunday. Sunday, after all this rain we're supposed to be getting, it's going to be a good day. Nice. All right. We'll talk to you all later. See you.